This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. Many know the poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas, and can even recite portions of it by heart. But what's really the story behind St. Nicholas? Stay tuned to learn more about St. Nicholas, the Gift Giver, by Ned Bustard, a book from IVP Kids. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, Ezekiel chapter 40, verses 47, through Ezekiel chapter 43, verses 1 through 12. Ezekiel chapter 40, beginning at verse 47. He measured the quarters a square, 175 feet long and 175 feet wide. The altar was in front of the temple. Then he brought me to the porch of the temple and measured the jams of the porch as eight and three quarters feet on either side. The width of the gate was 24 and a half feet and the sides were five and a quarter feet on each side. The length of the porch was 35 feet and the width, 19 and a quarter feet. Steps led up to it and there were pillars beside the jams on either side. Ezekiel chapter 41, the inner temple. Then he brought me to the outer sanctuary and measured the jams. The jams were ten and a half feet wide on each side. The width of the entrance was seventeen and a half feet, and the sides of the entrance were eight and three quarters feet on each side. He measured the length of the outer sanctuary as seventy feet, and its width as thirty-five feet. Then he went into the inner sanctuary and measured the jams of the entrance as three and a half feet, the entrance as ten and a half feet, and the width of the entrance as twelve and a quarter feet. Then he measured its length as thirty-five feet, and its width as thirty-five feet. Before the outer sanctuary, he said to me, This is the most holy place. Then he measured the wall of the temple as ten and a half feet, and the width of the side chambers as seven feet. All around the temple, the side chambers were in three stories, one above the other, thirty in each story. There were offsets in the wall all around to serve as supports for the side chambers, so that the supports were not in the wall of the temple. The side chambers surrounding the temple were wider at each successive story, for the structure surrounding the temple went up story by story all around the temple. For this reason, the width of the temple increased as it went up, and one went up from the lowest story to the highest by the way of the middle story. I saw that the temple had a raised platform all around. The foundations of the side chambers were a full measuring stick of ten and a half feet high. 
The width of the outer wall of the side chambers was eight and three quarters feet, and the open area between the side chambers of the temple and the chambers of the court was 35 feet in width all around the temple on every side. There were entrances from the side chambers toward the open area, one entrance toward the north and another entrance toward the south. The width of the open area was eight and three quarters feet all around. The building that was facing the temple court at the west side was 122 and a half feet wide. The wall of the building was eight and three quarters feet thick all around, and its length, 157 and a half feet. Then he measured the temple as 175 feet long, the courtyard of the temple and the building and its walls as 175 feet long, and also the width of the front of the temple and the courtyard at the east as 175 feet. Then he measured the length of the building facing the courtyard at the rear of the temple with its galleries on either side as 175 feet. The interior of the outer sanctuary and the porch of the court, as well as the thresholds, narrow windows and galleries all around on three sides facing the threshold were paneled with wood all around from the ground up to the windows. Now the windows were covered to the space above the entrance, to the inner room, and on the outside, and on all the walls in the inner room and outside by measurement. It was made with cherubim and decorative palm trees, with a palm tree between each cherub. Each cherub had two faces, a human face toward the palm tree on one side and a lion's face toward the palm tree on the other side. They were carved on the whole temple all around. From the ground to the area above the entrance, cherubim and decorative palm trees were carved on the wall of the outer sanctuary. The doorposts of the outer sanctuary were square. In front of the sanctuary, one doorpost looked just like the other. The altar was of wood, five and a quarter feet high, with its length three and a half feet. Its corners, its length, and its walls were of wood. He said to me, This is the table that is before the Lord. The outer sanctuary and the inner sanctuary each had a double door. Each of the doors had two leaves, two swinging leaves, two leaves for one door and two leaves for the other. On the other doors of the outer sanctuary were carved cherubim and palm trees, like those carved on the walls, and there was a canopy of wood on the front of the outside porch. There were narrow windows and decorative palm trees on either side of the side walls of the porch. This is what the side chambers of the temple and the canopies were like. Ezekiel chapter 42 Chambers for the Temple Then he led me out to the outer court toward the north and brought me to the chamber that was opposite the courtyard and opposite the building on the north. Its length was 175 feet on the north side and its width 87 and a half feet. Opposite the 35 feet that belonged to the inner court and opposite the pavement that belonged to the outer court gallery, face gallery in the three stories. In front of the chambers was a walkway on the inner side, 17 and a half feet wide at a distance of one and three quarter feet and their entrances were on the north. Now the upper chambers were narrower because the galleries took more space from them than from the lower and middle chambers of the building, for they were in three stories and had no pillars like the pillars of the courts. Therefore, the upper chambers were set back from the ground more than the lower and middle ones. As for the outer wall by the side of the chambers toward the outer court facing the chambers, it was 87 and a half feet long. For the chambers on the outer court were 87 and a half feet long, while those facing the temple were 175 feet long. Below these chambers was a passage on the east side as one enters from the outer court. At the beginning of the wall of the court toward the south, facing the courtyard and building, were chambers, like those on the north of the passage in front of them. The chambers that were toward the south were the same length and width as those on the north and had matching exits and entrances and arrangements. There was an opening at the head of the passage, the passage in front of the corresponding wall toward the east when one enters. Then he said to me, The north chambers and the south chambers that face the courtyard are holy chambers, where the priests who approach the Lord will eat the most holy offerings. 
There they will place the most holy offerings, the grain offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offering because the place is holy. When the priests enter, then they will not go out from the sanctuary to the outer court without taking off their garments in which they minister, for these are holy. They will put on other garments. Then they will go near the places where the people are. Now, when he had finished measuring the interior of the temple, he led me out by the gate that faces east and measured all around. He measured the east side with the measuring stick as 875 feet by the measuring stick. He measured the north side as 875 feet by the measuring stick. He measured the south side as 875 feet by the measuring stick. He turned to the west side and measured 875 feet by the measuring stick. He measured it on all four sides. It had a wall all around it, 875 feet long and 875 feet wide to separate the holy and common places. Ezekiel chapter 43 verses 1 through 12. The glory returns to the temple. Then he brought me to the gate that faced toward the east. I saw the glory of the God of Israel coming from the east. The sound was like that of rushing water and the earth radiated his glory. It was like the vision I saw when he came to destroy the city and the vision I saw by the Kebar River. I threw myself face down. The glory of the Lord came into the temple by way of the gate that faces east. Then a wind lifted me up and brought me to the inner court. I watched the glory of the Lord filling the temple. I heard someone speaking to me from the temple while the man was standing beside me. He said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place for the soles of my feet where I will live among the people of Israel forever. The house of Israel will no longer profane my holy name. Neither they nor their kings by their spiritual prostitution or by the pillars of their kings set up when they die. When they place their threshold by my threshold and their doorposts by my doorposts, with only the wall between me and them, they profaned my holy name by the abominable deeds they committed. So I consumed them in my anger. Now they must put away their spiritual prostitution in the pillars of their kings far from me, and then I will live among them forever. As for you, son of man, describe the temple to the house of Israel so that they will be ashamed of their sins and measure the pattern. When they are ashamed of all that they have done, make known to them the design of the temple, its pattern, its exits and entrances, and its whole design, all its statutes, its entire design, and all its laws. Write it all down in their sight so that they may observe its entire design and all its statutes and do them. This is the law of the temple. The entire area on top of the mountain all around will be most holy. Indeed, this is the law of the temple. New Testament reading, Acts chapter 21, verse 15 through Acts chapter 22, verses 1 through 21. Acts chapter 21, beginning at verse 15. After these days, we got ready and started up to Jerusalem. Some of the disciples from Caesarea came along with us too and brought us to the house of Nason of Cyprus, a disciple from the earliest times with whom we were to stay. When we arrived in Jerusalem, the brothers welcomed us gladly. The next day, Paul went in with us to see James and all the elders were there. When Paul had greeted them, he began to explain in detail what God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. When they heard this, they praised God. Then they said to him, You see, brother, how many thousands of Jews there are who have believed, and they are all ardent observers of the law. They have been informed about you, that you teach all the Jews now living among the Gentiles to abandon Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or live according to our customs. What then should we do? They will no doubt hear that you have come. So do what we tell you. We have four men who have taken a vow. Take them and purify yourselves along with them and pay their expenses so that they may have their heads shaved. Then everyone will know there was nothing in what they have been told about you, but that you yourself live in conformity with the law. 
But regarding the Gentiles who have believed, we have written a letter, having decided that they should avoid meat that has been sacrificed to idols and blood and what has been strangled and sexual immorality. Then Paul took the men the next day and after he had purified himself along with them. He went to the temple and gave notice of the completion of the days of purification, when the sacrifice would be offered for each of them. When the seven days were almost over, the Jews from the province of Asia, who had seen him in the temple area, stirred up the whole crowd and seized him, shouting, Men of Israel, help! This is the man who teaches everyone everywhere against our people, our law, and this sanctuary. Furthermore, he has brought Greeks into the inner courts of the temple and made this holy place ritually unclean. For they had seen Trophimus, the Ephesian in the city, with him previously, and they assume Paul had brought him into the inner temple courts. The whole city was stirred up, and the people rushed together. They seized Paul and dragged him out of the temple courts, and immediately the doors were shut. While they were trying to kill him, a report was sent up to the commanding officer of the cohort that all Jerusalem was in confusion. He immediately took soldiers and centurions and ran down to the crowd. When they saw the commanding officer and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the commanding officer came up and arrested him and ordered him to be tied up with two chains. He then asked who he was and what he had done. But some in the crowd shouted one thing and others something else. And when the commanding officer was unable to find out the truth because of the disturbance, he ordered Paul to be brought into the barracks. When he came to the steps, Paul had to be carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the mob, for a crowd of people followed them, screaming, Away with him! As Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the commanding officer, May I say something to you? The officer replied, Do you know Greek? Then you're not that Egyptian who started a rebellion and led the 4,000 men of the assassins into the wilderness some time ago? Paul answered, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of an important city. Please allow me to speak to the people. When the commanding officer had given him permission, Paul stood on the steps and gestured to the people with his hands. When they had become silent, he addressed them in Aramaic. Acts chapter 22, verses 1 through 21. Paul's defense. Brothers and fathers, listen to my defense that I now make to you. When they heard that he was addressing them in Aramaic, they became even quieter. Then Paul said, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus, in Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated with strictness under Gamaliel, according to the law of our ancestors, and was zealous for God, just as all of you are today. I persecuted this way, even to the point of death, tying up both men and women and putting them in prison, as both the high priest and the whole council of elders can testify about me. From them, I also received letters to the brothers in Damascus, and I was on my way to make arrests there and bring the prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. As I was en route and near Damascus, about noon, a very bright light from heaven suddenly flashed around me. Then I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? I answered, Who are you, Lord? He said to me, I am Jesus, the Nazarene, whom you are persecuting. Those who were with me saw the light, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. So I asked, What should I do, Lord? The Lord said to me, Get up and go to Damascus. There you will be told about everything that you have been designated to do. Since I could not see because of the brilliance of that light, I came to Damascus led by the hand of those who were with me. A man named Ananias, a devout man according to the law, well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me and stood beside me and said to me, Brother Saul, regain your sight. And at that very moment, I looked up and saw him. Then he said, The God of our ancestors has already chosen you to know his will, to see the righteous one, and to hear a command from his mouth, because you will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and have your sins washed away. 
calling on his name. When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple, I fell into a trance and saw the Lord saying to me, hurry and get out of Jerusalem quickly because they will not accept your testimony about me. I replied, Lord, they themselves know that I imprisoned and beat those in the various synagogues who believed in you. And when the blood of your witness, Stephen, was shed, I myself was standing nearby approving and guarding the cloaks of those who were killing him. Then he said to me, go, because I will send you far away to the Gentiles. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. God of heaven, I thank you for your word. Thank you for the specificity of the making of the temple, of the measurements of the temple. Thank you, O God, that nothing with you is done haphazardly, that nothing with you is bootleg, that everything is done according to your perfection. Thank you, O God, that there's excellence in everything that you have commanded and ordained for it to be, O God. So I just thank you for those measurements, O God. And sometimes we read them, we go, oh, what's the point? Why does it matter, O God? But I thank you that even maybe when we don't always understand why it matters, I thank you, O God, that it does speak to your majesty and the magnificence and the reverence and the all that we ought to have when we approach your throne, when we approach you in prayer. We know, O God, that you don't dwell in temples made with hands. We know that. We know that Jesus tore the veil between us, oh God. Thank you that we can come to you now freely at any point, any time of the day, anywhere. And we know that you'll hear us, oh God. But I thank you that the temple invokes this reverence and this awe and your majesty. At least that's what it invokes for me when I read it. Oh God, so I thank you for your word. And I thank you for including all of these details, magnificent details about the temple, oh God. And I thank you for the testimony of Paul. I thank you all that because Jesus Christ nailed both sin and shame to the cross that we can tell the truth about ourselves. We can tell the truth about our past apart from Christ and our present now that we are in Christ. We can tell on ourselves and by telling on ourselves and the misdeeds and the sinful acts that we've done and committed against our neighbor and against you, oh God, that we, oh God, can testify to your saving power and to the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, that we are indeed new creations, O God, and that we are being renewed day after day, and that we are being made to look more and more like Jesus Christ, O God. And I thank you that although our sanctification in Christ is not linear, we go up and we go down and we hit plateaus and we lull and then we hit peaks, God, I thank you that it is progressive and that is good news. Thank you, O God, that the Spirit is at work within us to do and to work according to your good pleasure, O God. I pray that we would have testimonies like that of Ananias, of someone who was upstanding and had good character and was known for that. God, I thank you for that. May that be our testimony. And where that isn't our testimony now, I pray for the work of the Spirit to begin to work that character, work that integrity within us, work that kindness, that gentleness, that peaceable spirit within us, O oh God. I pray this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. 
Around Christmas, we spend a lot of time thinking about presents, but have you ever wondered why we give gifts? Learn about the life of St. Nicholas and discover why he became known as one of the greatest gift givers of all time. In Ned Bustard's book, St. Nicholas, the Gift Giver, told as a delightful poem, this colorfully illustrated book will be enjoyed by children and the adults who read with them. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code, the word. That's code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at ivypress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. So, 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 so.